98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. A legal scholar says a top court ruling on the national security law doesn't rule out bail for Jimmy Lai. A maid is denied the right to challenge a decision that forced her to live with her employers during maternity leave. And Hong Kong's Academy Award hopeful is on the shortlist for the Best Foreign Film Oscar. A law professor says a top court's judgment on the bail application of media tycoon Jimmy Lai gives the national security law proportionate and restrictive effect. Yesterday, the Court of Final Appeal ruled against the Apple Daily founder, denying him bail as he awaits trial on a national security offence. But it said he could make a fresh application. Mr Lai's lawyers say they'll do so, and Simon Young from the University of Hong Kong believes they have a good chance of success. I think so, simply because although, yes, the uh, the lower court had gotten it wrong, primarily by saying that there was no difference between an NSL application for bail and, and an ordinary application for bail, Court of Fine Appeal corrected that. Logically, there is. It's a higher threshold. But in terms of what evidence you consider, it's the same. It's a question about whether there is a risk that Mr. Lai would commit national security offences and having regard to very, very stringent bail conditions. So if all those conditions are in place, the risk could well be minimised and bail could still be granted. A legal scholar has described as strange and ridiculous a reported decision by the Department of Justice not to use a jury for the first trial under the national security law. The AFP news agency says a source close to the case told it that the Justice Secretary, Theresa Chang, cited the personal safety of jurors for the decision. Eric Chung from the University of Hong Kong told an RTHK radio show that Beijing and Hong Kong officials have said the national security law has restored peace to the SAR. So why can't the government ensure the safety of jurors? The High Court has dismissed a foreign domestic helper's challenge to rules that forced her to live with her employer when she was on maternity leave. Candice Wong has more. Yvette Dingo-Fernandez and her daughter sought to challenge a decision by the Labour Commissioner and the Immigration Director to decline her request to waive the live-in policy after she gave birth in 2019. The court heard that the 27-year-old had told her employer that she wished to take her baby to the Philippines during maternity leave and then return to Hong Kong for work. But the employer insisted that she stay in their flat without her newborn. They cited the legal requirement that helpers live with their employers and her contract. The helper sought a judicial review after the Immigration and Labour Departments refused her a waiver. Dismissing her challenge, High Court Judge Anderson Chow says there's no proper basis for such a waiver. He said the Immigration Director could decline to enforce the live-in rule but had no power to waive what is a contractual requirement. He stressed that his dismissal of the application should not be read as the court accepting the stands on the policy. No COVID cases have been found among 1,700 residents tested during an overnight lockdown in Lokshan Road in Tokawan. The government ordered tests after the virus was found in sewage samples from the two buildings tested. Meanwhile, authorities conducted a three-hour operation at Poli Building on Kings Road in Quarry Bay to spot check residents. Only those who could display a negative test result were allowed to leave between six and nine, while staff also conducted random checks on households. 25 of the 110 residents checked couldn't show proof of a test. They were fined $5,000 on the spot and told to take a test. 
Hong Kong film Better Days has been shortlisted for the Best Foreign Film Oscar, raising hopes of a first Academy Award nomination for the territory in more than 25 years. Natalie Cheng reports. Better Days is a mainland set drama about teenage bullying by director Derek Zhang and was selected from 93 eligible submissions to make it onto the 15-strong shortlist. The list will be whittled down to five nominees next month before April's Oscars ceremony. It's the first time a Hong Kong nominee has featured on the shortlist since 2013 when Wong Kar Wai's The Grand Master was included but missed out in the final nomination. Hong Kong has only ever had two films nominated from the Oscar, Raise the Red Lantern and Farewell My Concubine, in 1992 and 1993. It has never won the award. A bipartisan group of U.S. senators has reintroduced a bill that would make it easier for Hong Kong people to obtain U.S. refugee status. Vicky Wong reports. The Hong Kong Safe Harbour Act has been reintroduced after a previous version expired when a new Senate was seated last month. Twelve senators led by Republican Marco Rubio and Democrat Bob Menendez say the bill is a response to the imposition of the national security law here. It would allow for Hong Kongers who fear persecution after joining protests to be eligible for processing as refugees in Hong Kong or a third country. It would also make Hong Kongers who have their residency revoked eligible for refugee status. Mr Rubio said the U.S. must do all it could to assist those who've stood up to defend the city from persecution by the Chinese Communist Party. Senators in the United States have voted to continue Donald Trump's impeachment trial. The former president's legal team had argued that the process was unconstitutional because he's no longer in office. But six Republicans, one more than expected, joined Democrats in voting to carry on. Mr Trump was charged with inciting insurrection after his supporters stormed Congress last month. His lawyers insist the attack wasn't sparked by Mr Trump. One of them, David Schoen, accused Democrats of abusing impeachment power for political gain. The singular goal of the House managers and House leadership in pursuing the impeachment conviction of Donald J. Trump is to use these proceedings to disenfranchise at least 74 million Americans with whom they viscerally disagree and to ensure that neither they nor any other American ever again can cast a vote for Donald Trump. And if they convince you to go forward, their ultimate hope is that this will be a shot across the bow of any other candidate for public office who would dare to take up a political message that is very different from their own political point of view as the direction in which they wish to take our country. But Democratic Congressman Joe Neguse said Mr. Trump needed to be held to account. Presidents can't inflame insurrection in their final weeks and then walk away like nothing happened. And yet that is the rule that President Trump asks you to adopt. I urge you, we urge you, to decline his request, to vindicate the Constitution, to let us try this case. A 48-hour strike by healthcare workers has begun in the region of Bolivia, worst hit by COVID-19, in an attempt to force the authorities to declare a lockdown. Here's the BBC's Will Leonardo. Hundreds of striking medical workers gathered in Santa Cruz City to protest against the deaths of their colleagues during the pandemic. The two-day walkout was called, say health leaders, because their repeated demands for the authorities to take action to lower COVID transmission have fallen on deaf ears. All specialist medical care has been stopped, apart from emergency and coronavirus treatment. Santa Cruz has been at the heart of Bolivia's COVID-19 outbreak. Almost half the 11,000 deaths from the disease have been recorded in the region. 
French office workers are bracing for a coronavirus-inspired law that will strip away a gastronomic taboo against having lunch at the desk. The Labour minister said the government was about to bring in a decree overriding a clause in the Labour code that bans eating in the workplace. Here's the BBC's Lucy Williamson. With restaurants and cafes closed, except for takeaways or deliveries, and workplace canteens rife with new restrictions, many people have little option but to eat their lunch at their desks, or even, according to one report, in isolation in their cars. The idea that eating at your desk was officially banned has been greeted with surprise, even derision here. Eye-rolling at France's impenetrable labour laws is another workplace tradition and there's comfort in hanging on to at least some of them. The European Union's foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, says he's even more worried about Russia now than he was before a weekend visit to Moscow. Mr Borrell also told the European Parliament it was clear that Russia had no intention of engaging in constructive discussions about the jailed opposition activist Alexei Navalny. The Russian government is going down a worrisome authoritarian route. The space for civil society, freedom of expression, continues to narrow, and there seems to be almost no room for development of democratic alternatives. A virtual court hearing in the US state of Texas has been interrupted by a lawyer who accidentally appeared on screen as a wide-eyed, fluffy kitten. Rod Ponton was unable to turn off a filter that transformed his face and video of him, forlornly telling the hearing, I'm not a cat has been watched millions of times online. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take We're trying look. to, we're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. The footage was shared by the judge, who said Mr Ponton had showed incredible grace. Financial News. Twitter says its number of active daily users has grown to 192 million. That's a rise of more than a quarter compared with a year earlier. The social media company also made more than $200 million in profit during the final quarter of 2020. Here's the BBC's Michelle Fleury. I think the thing that startled most people was that Twitter added users, specifically the users that watch its ads. In other words, the users it can make money off, uh, not just through the quarter, but also in January. It doesn't typically break out uh, the first month of the year, but it did so in part because that was, you may recall, when Donald Trump, one of uh, its heaviest users, actually was forced off the site. Um, and I think people are taking heart in this, seeing that, that it has benefited in some ways from people's hunger to find out information about the pandemic. And official data shows China's consumer prices fell last month after a brief uptick at the end of last year. The consumer price index fell 0.3% from a year ago, the National Bureau of, of Statistics said. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,957. That's 481 points up on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar at 104.55 yen. The euro gets you one US dollar 21 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 71 cents. Sport now with Richard Pine.
We start with football, and Manchester United are through to the English FA Cup quarter-finals. They beat West Ham 1-0 at Old Trafford, Scott McTominay scoring the solitary goal seven minutes into extra time. Manchester United captain Harry Maguire says it was the perfect response to conceding with the last kick of the game in their last match, a 3-3 draw with Everton. We were so disappointed, obviously, to concede in the last kick, and we felt like we deserved the, the points, and um, the way that we conceded as well, it was disappointing. So, no, it was a great spirit, great mentality, to, to come back, perform, um, get our heads back up, and we know it's a long season. Uh, there's games every three days, so it's the best thing when you're when you when you're disappointed and you don't win a game of football to have a game in two three days time. It's perfect. So tonight was perfect. Uh, the, the games come so soon, and the lads put on a good good performance and a good win. And like I said, it's it's important to go through. Bournemouth are also into the quarterfinals after they knocked out the Premier League side Burnley 2-0 at Turf Moor. Sam Surridge's 21st-minute goal gave the Championship side the lead before a late junior Stanislas penalty confirmed the Cherries' passage into the next round. Burnley boss Sean Dyche made several changes going into the match and says he felt he had no choice. This competition's one that I've always had a great value in, but we've, we've got to look at the reality. We've got three Premier League games next week and we're running out of players. And there's no lack of effort. Like I say, there's no lack of the underbelly of what we do. There's a group of people there trying to win a football match, but the big moments went against us. To tennis, and the biggest shock of this year's Australian Open so far has seen the Canadian eighth seed Bianca Andreescu crash out in the second round to Taipei's Sue Shea, 6-3-6-2. Andreescu had just come through a draining first-round victory in her return to the sport after 15 months out with injury. The 2019 US Open champion was one of 72 players unable to train during hard quarantine in the lead-up to the tournament. Seven-time Australian Open singles champion Serena Williams had no such trouble in her second-round clash, beating Serbia's Nina Stojanovic 6-3-6 love in an hour and nine minutes. Williams is attempting to win a record equaling 24th Grand Slam title. Her record for second-round matches at Grand Slams now stands at 73 wins and just two losses. She'll play Anastasia Potapova next. The former world number one, Caroline Wozniacki, who retired a year ago, spoke about the chances of winning the tournament for players who had been in hard quarantine. Realistically, I would say it's very difficult, but at the same time, I think it depends on the draw, it depends on their attitude, depends on what they've been doing while they're in the room, what access they've had to equipment. And I think 14 days is really difficult, but at the same time, you're not going to lose your tennis, so you it takes you a few days. At the, I, I really think it depends on the draw. If you can get a couple of matches in and, and play your way in, I think later on everything is kind of equal and, and even. But I mean, there's a lot of tough first rounds. And, and if you get unlucky, I think there's a, a big chance as well that, that you could be out in, in an early round. And that's your look at sport. To end the news, the top stories again. A legal scholar says a top court ruling on the national security law doesn't rule out bail for Jimmy Lai. A maid is denied the right to challenge a decision that forced her to live with her bosses during maternity leave. And a Hong Kong film is on the Academy Awards shortlist. The news from RTHK. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion. To fight this pandemic, take preventive measures when commuting. Avoid rush hours and busy times and take advantage of flexible working hours. Wear a mask when taking a ride. If possible, open the windows to ventilate the vehicle. Clean your hands with liquid soap and water or alcohol-based hand rub after using public transport or touching public facilities. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Tips for you and me to prevent COVID-19. Due to the volatile COVID-19 situation, the public should stay at home and avoid going out, in particular elderly persons, as they have higher risk of severe illness. 
Family and friends should help them with shopping and other daily needs. If elderly persons must go out, they need to wear a mask and wash hands frequently. Pay attention to the latest situation. See your doctor promptly if feeling unwell, even if the symptoms are mild. Let's fight the virus together. Yeah.